welcome to the fifth episode of the Live to Shoot podcast where we uh, talk about all things Second Amendment and maybe whatever other particular topics may, may come to mind. So uh, this week, um, I first wanted to have a shout out to my, my oldest son, Seth. He's turned 17 this week. Uh, we celebrated his birthday this past weekend by going and seeing the movie Knives Out. I recommend it to anybody that hasn't seen it yet. Uh, it's one of those kind of whodunits uh, that where everybody's in a a party and you just kind of like a murder mystery dinner. And uh, it was uh, very entertaining and, and kind of kept you guessing along the way, even though you knew who who done it. Uh, it was an interesting uh, uh, concept. Um, so this has been an interesting week as well. Uh, last week we had the the Virginia uh, gun uh, gun rally on Lobby Day, where uh, the media was very uh, disappointed that it was peaceful and organized and respectful. Reports come out that was there's twenty thousand plus people there, and when they left, the place was cleaner than they uh, uh, when they got there. Uh, but the media, they just were. Inst- uh, uh, intent on showing stereotypes of who this right little right wing uh, gun owners uh, tactical gear and didn't show um, all the mixes of different people that were there so I've been a FFL for 12 years now and I've I've had thousands of people come through uh, my doors and doing primarily transfers for people to purchase things on the internet and when I started, I had a three-year-old and a five-year-old and my wife. And my wife was doing a lot of the transfers. And people were, would question me, oh, aren't you concerned about these strange people? Because most of the people uh, I had not even met yet. As time went on, uh, we had a, you know, we, we developed a lot of returning customers. But initially, we didn't know who a lot of these people are. And then every day, we still would continue to get new customers. But people want to know, aren't, aren't you worried about these people that are coming to your house to pick up a gun that you've never met? And you've got small children there, and uh, your your wife's there, and sometimes they're alone. And really, I, you know, initially, I'd be honest, I, I, there was a little bit of a concern. Uh, but I can say that these people that we have done business with that have come and picked up guns are some of the uh, nicest people that you would ever meet. Now they're a unique bunch. I mean, in that in the, in the sense that it is a cross section of of America. It is young, old, uh, every race, color, uh, male, female have come through, and um, some some are bikers, some are musicians, some are pastors, and. Uh, so it's not just one type of person that likes their guns. We all know it's a it's everybody. And even if you take somebody that doesn't like their gun and you take them out and shoot, there's a good chance they're going to end up liking guns. So um, I think you know the media doesn't want people to know that, and they're not going to show it, but it's the truth. Uh, this week we also started the. Uh, the impeachment in this uh, trial in the Senate, uh, you know, I think it's just it's just disappointing where we've gotten to for me. The uh, 
as I, I, it, it may sound extreme, but you know we are on the brink of tyranny. Whenever uh, Congress can get together and make an attempt to reverse an election, uh, if you can only imagine what would happen if, whenever at some point in time, uh, a certain party controls both um, houses of Congress, the House of Representatives and the Senate, and they get enough president in there that they don't like, they just can go in, impeach him on some uh, obstruction of Congress charge that's not even a statute, and ramrod it through the Senate and having um, removed from office, and then then you. Whoever comes in next, that president, the vice president, you know, you're basically, hey, you're gonna, it's 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 blackmail. You either do what we say, or we're kicking you out as well. So, I don't know how we've gotten to this point, but it does emphasize the fact that how important it is to protect our Second Amendment rights, because when our biggest uh, deterrent to tyranny is an armed citizenry. Now, we last last talked about the the, the Bill of Rights and uh, started talking about the Second Amendment. And one of the big arguments of people that uh, against the Second Amendment is that they state that it's not an individual right, that it's a right for the state, for the the general uh, army and because it states that it's for a well-regulated militia and so I wanted to look at this concept and, and break it down a little bit in the previous episodes when we talked about the Bill of Rights we talked about how that the founders wanted to they wanted the Bill of Rights because they wanted to, to call out certain individual rights that were not identified in the Constitution or and protect those rights from being violated. They were really what they considered the inalienable rights. And that Second Amendment, the inalienable right, is the right to, to defend yourself for self-defense. Now, when you look at all the, the amendments, it's some, very clear that they're all meant to be for the individual rights. But... They um, call out the Second Amendment as being a a general right of the, of the state, and that just seems odd to me that the founders would have nine of the ten be individual and throw in one that's just a state right, but uh, which doesn't make any sense to me. So if it is a right of the state, then what we need to look at is that. Th- uh, what the founders really thought about having a dedicated army or standing army or militia um, versus individual um, being armed. So as tensions were growing between the colonists and the British army uh, pre-revolutionary times, the British army became both a symbol and a cause of uh, unpopular uh, cause of uh, unpopular policies. Colonists viewed the various revenue generating acts that were necessitated by the cost of maintaining an army 
the, the quarterly act, which required commons to provide housing and provisions for troops in their own buildings. This is what led to the Third Amendment. So again, now the colonists had a, a bad experience with being forced to quarter or house the, the army. So they were very um, intent on giving them the right that we did that individuals did not have to quarter or house the army in this new new nation that they were creating. So the colonists' uh, experience with the British Army and the convictions that uh, sprang from them explained why they had distrust of, this, of a standing military. And this experience confirmed, the experience of the Revolutionary War confirmed in the minds of the founders that an armed citizenry was both a check on domestic tyranny and the most desirable form of national defense. In 1787, uh, James Madison addressed the, the Constitutional Convention on the Dangers of a Permanent Army. He quotes, he said, quote, a standing military force with an overgrown executive will not long be safe companions to liberty. The means of defense against a foreign danger have been always the instruments of tyranny at home. Among the Romans, it was a standing maxim to excite a war whenever a revolt was apprehended. Throughout all Europe, the armies kept up under the pretext of defending and have enslaved the people. Sam Adams said, A standing army, however necessary it may be at some times, is always dangerous to the liberties of the people. Such a power should be watched with a jealous eye. Now, Henry Lee was a signer of the Declaration and a framer of the Constitution. And the militia, he, he said, quote, The militia shall always include, according to the past and general uses of the states, all men capable of bearing arms. And Joseph Story who was the founder of Harvard Law and the youngest justice in the Supreme Court, said in, 19, in 1833, he said, the next, amended is a, the, the next amendment, meaning the Second Amendment, is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The importance of this article will scarcely be doubted by any persons who have, who have duly reflected upon the subject. The right of the citizens to keep and bear arms has justly been considered as a palladium of the liberties of the republic since it offers a strong moral check against the usurpation and arbitrary power of rulers and will generally, even if these are successful in the first instance, enable the people to resist and triumph over them. There is certainly no small danger that indifference may lead to disgust and disgust to contempt and thus gradually undermine all the protection in the, in the, by the end this by then by this clause of our national bill of rights noah webster said before a standing army can rule the people must be disarmed as they are in almost every kingdom of europe the supreme power in america cannot enforce unjust laws by the sword because the whole body of the people are armed other founders worried that a standing army represented a threat to liberty so our founders went about putting control over having a standing army Oh, whatever standing army would exist. The first the founders put into the Constitution that no appropriation for the army may be for longer than two years. So they said you couldn't budget for the army from to exist for more than two years. Currently, we're on an annual uh, state for the appropriation. And the second way that they uh, put in the Constitution to protect for, uh, from the overreach of a standing army was a citizen militia 
um, let's have an armed citizen militia or the rights granted under the Second Amendment. So as you look about today and where we're at and all this desire to disarm us is what's going on in Virginia and across other nations, other states I mean, the, and then what you look at Congress and their ability, their, what they're trying to do is throw out a president. Now, it, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist um, or be a lot of hyperbole, but it does feel like we're fighting for control of our liberty and that we have to stand firm and protect our right to remain armed and protected because once they start grabbing our guns, then they're going to be taking away our liberty. So uh, we're going to continue the ne in the next episode talking more about the Second Amendment. Um, I appreciate your time and thank you for listening.